Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. One of the, the littlest known, the littlest understood, the littlest thought about parts of being an entrepreneur is the effect you have on your community, that what the community can do for you, what you can do for it. And every entrepreneur has a community, has a following, but they give back to that community and receive at the same time. We're going to dig into why that's so important, what that means, and how you can look to serve your community and let your community serve you. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. Appreciate you taking some time to listen. I want to thank C-Suite Radio and the C-Suite Network for putting the podcast out there and being a great support system. I also want to thank my sponsor, uh, Network Together. It's a nationwide network of entrepreneurs with online and local events all across the country. So go to ntevents.net to find out more, to find someone who could be your next client, someone who could be your next partner, someone who could be your next, your next friend, ntevents.net. For those of you who are looking at your business and you need more revenue, you need a little bit of a kickstart, that's where I think I can be really supportive. My book that you can get at freebookfromadam.com, The Ultimate Revenue Breakthrough, is a step-by-step opportunity to find ten dollars to $50,000 in your business. Just go chapter by chapter. It's a super easy read. It's what you need if you're looking for more revenue in your business. So without further ado, I want to invite my guest to, to share a little of his story, to share some of his journey. Because like most of us, we've all had ups and downs in, in our lives. But some people come from a much tougher spot. Some people just have different experiences and where community has helped him, Wayne Coach Light Brown. Thanks for joining today and telling a little of your story to us. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. And uh, Wayne and I have had some great conversations over the last three days, become really fast friends uh, through C-Suite Network and, and everything that they're doing there. And I wanted to have an, him on because his entrepreneurial journey, one is very interesting. He's had to overcome a lot. But his focus is all art, business, and community. He's an artist. For those of you who are seeing the video, you can see what one of his creations behind him. But what does art do in the community and how does it translate to business? So like, let's talk a little bit just about your journey, where you came from, and where that entrepreneurial spirit really, you first noticed it. Uh, so again, thank you, Adam, for, for having me and, and C-Suite. So... I always give, I always have to give respect to my ancestors first before any time I speak, um, just from a, a spiritual and a spiritual place. And again, I sourced my my inheritance, right? Literally, my grandparents, um, my great grandfather, my mom, my dad, and you know, just to, to just give you a little foundation of who I'm. I'm two generations from immigration, five generations from slavery. So just for you to have a little, you know, insight of what that looks like, right? Afro-Caribbean Latino. So um, my family is from my immigration, right? You know, the immigrant side is from the Bahamas and and Panama, right? And then my African-American side is from the South, right? From the South, 
migrated up to Chicago, came over to, to New York City. And five generations. And that's not that's not a long time. So um, like I shared, but the direct connection is my parents. And unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get you, Adam. Right, you jump right. <laughs> we, go, we go, we go, we go, we go deep early. But you know what? This, this is, this is meant, this is meant to be heard, because it's, it's my my parents were entrepreneurs, and out of adverse conditions, you know, I, I share with people. You know, I lost my dad when I was ten, and. Um, unfortunately, my mom was incarcerated throughout my life, 31 years out of my entire life. So for me, it's, it's been a, a means of survival. And then, then it's been a, a means of, of also, you know, pioneering, right? I, I grew up in Harlem in the 80s, right? So, you know, Harlem, New York, right? And it, it said like, okay, you say Harlem, you think entrepreneurship. And... And I like to like to also combine uh, the artistic nature. You know, um, I'm a I'm a hip hop. I'm a product of hip hop too. You know, Harlem Renaissance. So I kind of put the two together, and and then at the same time, you know, hard work ethic from my great grandparents. Like I shared, you know, five generations from slavery. I I knew that my my great grandfather was born a sharecropper. Right and worked hard, you know, also coming from a, a military background, but also I was impacted by, by severities of, um, of socioeconomics. So, you know, I, I tell people, pop quiz, you know, what is, a, what is a young kid to do or how to think if they don't have the means? And for me, um, you know, I, I'm being responsible for how I say this, because when sharing this, I, I'm, I'm responsible for how I trigger people. I like to tell people I was born with a, with a plastic spoon with a golden handle. So, you know, some people say you're born with a silver spoon. So <clears throat> for me, that means, and for anyone that's listening, that means, you know, I, I was fortunate to have a lot. And then like this, I could have nothing. So, and, and, and I'll point to a a case where it started with my business was we're closed. So I know what it is to, to have a lot of sneakers when I was a kid and then to have nothing when my mom was incarcerated. You know, I know what it, what it was to to have um, a house full of love, right? But, but you know, we were going through something, you know, and the love, the, the, the love kind of masked it all. But when you, you're sitting in the house and you know that, um, that there's some voids and you see what's going on around, you know, you, you couldn't feel it, but, but the love, right. Love for love literally filled you. And it's filled my drive for, for business and to sustain myself and to provide for others. When you look back to that time uh, and thanks for the, the, the context. And I, and I, and I love that about you because you're very open in, in what you, in what you say and how you express yourself. There's no holds barred as to what you went through, but when you, as a kid, before your mom was incarcerated and even after, did you recognize it at the time? You know, sometimes looking back, we can say, oh, here were things that were going on. But when we're going through it, sometimes we're blind to it because it's just our life. How much did you recognize then in what was going on and that 
you were going to have to sort of make your own way. You had support, but you had to create. How much did you know when you were, when, when you were young? I mean, I, again, I, I grew up, you know, I grew up on, on one of the worst blocks in Harlem um, during the heart of the crack epidemic. And, and so, so two things, my environment was unsafe and I was scared, you know, and then there was a gap of, of certain things missing. So in a problem, right, you know, a problem pushes you so much that you need to find a solution. So for me, for economics, right, for me, um, my, my innate, the middle um, start was I would recycle beer cans, right, soda cans. Usually it was beer cans, right? I'm just being honest, like, you know, they were, they were around. And from my store, right, from, from literally my tenement building to the corner store, I could take these cans and get money. And then at the next corner, there was a penny store. Right, where I could buy candy. And then from there, I could then go to school and sell the candy or trade the candy for what I wanted. Wow. And did it, tell us about how that, how did that happen? Did you, did you pick up a can and just do it one day or did some, did you say, how do I make money? How did, tell us a little bit about the thought process because it's different for everybody on how you got to do that first thing which now looking back, it's like, wow, that seems so simple. Pick up cans, get money, get that money, invest in something else and, and, and sell it. How did that first happen? You know, I mean, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for this because I've never been asked that question. And, and I said pain point, man, it's a pain point. My grandmother, I'm, I'm a grandma's boy, right? My nanny, love her. Um, whew, <laughs> about to have me cry here, man. Um, I built my business for my grandmother. Always wanted to provide for her, take care of her. So, you know, I watched my grandmother, um, she took care of me. So, I was a latchkey kid. And, you know, for anybody that doesn't know what that means is, you know, you, you, go, you go to school, you come home by yourself, <laughs> right? For a few, few, few hours, because my grandmother worked, right? My grandmother worked in the Urban Trust building um, in the, near the, uh, the original World Trade Center. I think it was built, I think it was building something when it collapsed. But I remember going to work with my grandmother, you know, or then having to pick up the phone, you know, hello, good morning, you know, good afternoon, uh, who's calling? Um, who, are you, who are you calling for? You know, so, so I see that I was being conditioned Right, a certain, you know, in these certain areas. And then also for my mom, I remember being a kid, you know, all I knew was, well, I think this, my mom would say, well, make sure, you know, um, if you see this person, I have to make sure, I have to make sure I get money from them so that I could get a transformer. So you guys, you, you hear, so there was a, there was like this, uh, I guess I was co like collections, right? Now I look at it now, like I was like, hey, <laughs> I was, you know, I was handling collections. <laughs> And, and it had me pay attention, but again, it was pain. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know any other, I don't know any other way to say it. You know, pain has fueled me to, to, you know, to move forward. That's why there's peace behind me. Yeah. And, and, and in that journey, fast forwarding a little bit, um, you, 
grow up and then you go to, to sort of make your own, uh, your own way and you end up in San Diego, right? Clear across the country, doing your own thing and, and starting a, another business. And it was a store, right? You had, you had a product to sell, you had rent to pay, you had a whole different set of, um, of requirements, necessities, and things you had to do. And it didn't leave a whole lot of money for things like a roof over your head. Tell us a little bit about why you, why you decided to take on a big lease, start a store to sell your clothes, and how you pushed through that. Oh, man. Thanks, Adam. You just, man, you just jump right into it. So, <laughs> you know, making, so not having clothes and making clothes, and truth is, coming from college. So how I started at my, my business I got to San Diego, uh, graduated from Eastern Connecticut State University, a degree in child psychology and communications. I was an assistant director of a nonprofit and I was teaching entrepreneurship classes. I was probably making 27,000. Right. Maybe, right? That's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> and student loans was kicking my behind and, and my condo. <laughs> So, so for me, it was a no brainer, um, but as well, a, a car accident happened and, you know, the, the cold Connecticut winters, um, physically I couldn't endure it. It, it had me just say, you know what, bills, weather, sunny San Diego sounds great. And, and I saw opportunity. It was just, again, pain points, right? And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to actually chase the sun. I wanted to actually see where it sets. You know, I visited San Diego before and I fell in love with the place, but I found myself, that was the place that I felt alive and I felt to an um, opportunity to create. And in retrospect, I was running from home. I was, I, I tell people in retrospect, I was, I was running in a destination, but at the same time I was running from home. And I had, did it feel like that at the time or is, or is that a little bit the retrospective side of it? Did you know you um, were running? You know what? <laughs> it's funny because I don't know if I shared this with you. Yes and no. So the run was, I was, you know, had a horrible breakup after the car accident. Um, and I remember me and my ex, uh, she moved downstairs from me. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who does that? Um, but I remember... I remember what I was acknowledged for, which was being able to take nothing and make something. And she stated, she wrote, she wrote this post-it note. She said, take small enterprises, take small opportunities and make big enterprises, right? And I ran with it. So for me, I vowed to myself and it was beyond the relationship, but it was also a connection for my grandmother, right? My grandmother was, um, had her hands were, were injured at the time and I promised her a farm. So I had to figure out how to get myself away from the distractions of, of being, being the person that everyone relied on, right? You know, I'm, I was a dependable, reliable person in the family, friends, everyone. So community, right? That's why community is important to me. But, but I, as my grandfather would say, he said, my money wasn't long enough. <laughs> and that does something to your, your to ego and to pride. But the truth is, I wasn't, I wasn't equipped or smart enough, right? I, w I, I wasn't equipped 
So for me, it was like to throw your hat over the, the roof. It was like, you know what? I, I got to get myself in a, the most, the, the place I want to be, but in the most uncomfortable spot to get what I need. Wow. So in, in doing all of that, like you, you put yourself, you, I don't want to say you're a risk taker or an action taker. Those are, you know, just words that everyone throws out there. But when you see opportunity, you don't look at it as necessarily a challenge. You seem to look at it as, well, this is what you do, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not tackling challenges when you were in, you know, the, the you had your store and, um, you're sleeping in your store because you you had to pick and choose where the rent money was going to go. Right. And you decided to put it into the business. That wasn't a, this is a challenge. I'm going to take it on from what you told me. And, and hopefully you can share with the audience. That's just what you did. Right. And I can be honest, right. Cause I want people to learn from it. Right. It was also, I call it pride of small part of ego and, and not receiving sometimes the contributions and, and the support. So, so you know, we spoke and I shared why I've evolved to a resilient strategist is, is when you're going through pain points, right? There's a there's a, a veil over you that you can't see, like there's blind spots. And and trust was a huge one for me. Trust. So, you know, just think about this in business, right? And I, I'd always like to share this. Um I love feedback to grow, but I hate criticism, right? I'm a human being, but I'm, a, <laughs> but I'm in a customization business that depends on someone telling me what to do, exactly how they want it. So, and then it feeds the natural part of me that loves to be of service, right? To, to change the, the frown to a smile, right? To literally take the pain of an unfulfilled thought to make it become fulfilled and and bridging the fun into it and as an artist we i i won't say we i'll just say i think of artists as being creative you go out and you create something and hopefully it touches someone and they decide i need to have that in my in my house in my life in my space but at the same time you're creating for others yes and Talk to us a little bit about the creativity that's necessary to be an artist, but the service of providing to others what they want. Okay. So, so I'm creating from others. So it's a collaboration. It's like I shared from the beginning. Um, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel as, as the doer, right? As the, as the, the manufacturer of a vision that was downloaded into me. And so if you have an idea, um, just like the inspiration behind me is, is, a, is literally a piece, right? Pun intended, you know, connected to an advisor mentor, Jegna of mine. And, and it's about collaboration. It's about being able to be present with the individual that's in front of you, listening, first hearing, but then processing which what's being said as listening and then saying, okay, being honest, I can execute and produce this. There may be a gap for me in, in producing this. And what's the win-win? 
right? So, so it's really creating, a, taking it, you know, taking it all, taking it all in, and then assessing my talents, my skills, my abilities, as well as where I want to grow. And and you talk a lot about the the, the growth mindset, not only from a business but as a human being, and and if that's so important in a community, is as you grow, you can help the community grow. You can help the people that follow you. And one of the, the, the biggest parts of community is mentorship. You got it from, from your grandma. And then when you were in San Diego, you had a mentorship experience or a mentorship conversation with, with someone we both know that changed the course of your life, not only, only locationally, but in how you now mentor others. Talk to us a little bit about that conversation, how it changed your life and how you're able now to serve, serve, serve your community better because of what someone else taught you. Wow. <laughs> you know, thank you, Adam. So this goes back to uh, when we spoke offline about the inspiration and connected to person, connecting and investing in personal development. So I also have a, a background of building large teams in network marketing. And, and affiliate marketing. And at the time, um, I was with uh, Primerica, right? At the time, financial services. And shout outs to uh, Robert Abiso. If you ever listen to this, if you find this, please reach out to me. I wanna hug you, love you. Thank you, brother. Uh, he introduced me. He was someone who became a member of my team. And he introduced me to an organization called Psy Seminars. But previous to that, uh, me, him, and another good brother, shout out to, to Raheem, um, we, we actually intervened a car accident. And at the time I had ruptured my Achilles and I was walking with a crutch and a car flipped over when San Diego get ready to drive to, uh, to San Francisco. Could you imagine, you know, one of these, these team trips to this big convention, there's an accident and we help save some lives. And he, he told me, he said, hey, it's this thing I do. I didn't know what it was, but I'm about personal development. And I got introduced to side seminars. And what it did is it, it allowed me to be everything that I wanted to be. And I said that I was being, but I didn't have the space for me to operate in that. And fast forward, um, about seven years after that, I took on my store venture hardest thing ever right because there's no blueprint to <laughs> especially being an airbrush artist urban too there wasn't I'm, I'm making this up as i'm going along and i meet this guy named bernie dorman i'm being prospected to to come into this organization called ceo space right i'm this there's urban graffiti artists, right? Couldn't stand that term. Airbrush artist, that's what I am professionally, right? Respect me as an airbrush artist, right? And all I heard was this gentleman's father mentored Walt Disney. So I share this because I heard something that was greater than me that I could relate to that inspired me through art, right? Pictures that my mother drew from, from jail sending to me, right? Of, of cartoon characters. And why not? Why not get out of my store that I'm sleeping in? My Bible is my pillow, right? My, I'm holding on to my dog and I'm trying to figure out how to, how to pay, you know, make rent. 
in the recession, selling art and inspiring art at that, using words to make a difference. This gentleman, <laughs> Bernie said two things, integrity and go home. Last place I wanna go back home is to New York City. So, you know, I'm home in New York City now. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I have a son who's nine years old and you can kind of do the math. And, but he, he gave me a tool. He gave me a tool called Fun Busting. So anybody that sees this, um, we don't do it the same way, but reach out, you know, ceospace.com. <laughs> You'll learn a lot. It, it made a difference for me, but I'm, I'm gonna just share it because you need to know this part, right? He gave me the access to, to generate almost $10,000 in a matter of 48 hours. That, you didn't tell me that story. Yeah. Come on, can't, can't give you everything, man. Well, I, you I everything. know we had to save something <laughs> for this conversation. And so, yeah. I mean, just, just the, the mentality of the Bible is your pillow, the dog is your blanket, you're sleeping on the floor of a store trying to make rent, to, and then there's more to it, but to a conversation translating into $10,000 in 48 hours. Very different worlds that you didn't see coming. How did it? Like, how do you feel? Obviously, elated, excited, thankful, all of those things. But there was inspiration there. So many things happened all at once yeah. because of that. But it still drove you back to New York City, back home. And I use air quotes for home. Tell us about when you arrived back in New York, where you didn't necessarily want to be. You sort of felt like you were giving up and, and crawling back. But then you thrived in other ways. So tell us a little bit about get, getting back home and what that meant for you and the community that you, that you reintegrated with. So remember when I shared running for the part I said about running from home, right? So for me, um, pain point, and I told you neighborhood, um, unfortunately at that around, uh, the, the late nineties, early two thousands, a, a lot of the community that I grew up in, it was infiltrated by, a lot of gang activity. And for me, I had a, I had an issue with it. I had a problem with it. I had also lost friends. Um, most of my, most of the people I grew up with went to jail. So I was hurting inside. I had all of this, I had all this success, right? Education, degrees, but I didn't have anybody that authentically I could share with. So part of me opening the store was, was me just to show, um, a family member that was incarcerated that it was possible right most of the things that i was doing just to give people say look you can do it like you can do it it's not that hard and um you know the best thing that happened to me was living out of that store because i was able to fulfill my promise to my grandmother i rented a ranch right i couldn't buy her the, the ranch she had passed but i still was able to fulfill on that 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 um you know mission i had and some some brothers of mine now that were all either Navy or Marines were fathers. And at the time I was going through a healing component because I had lost a child in college, right? So the young father, if you, you know, people who follow me know that I advocate for young fathers, um, you know, children of LGBTQ parents, as well as children of, the, of incarcerated parents. So again, that community component. And and it was 
the Urban League, it was right at the same time Obama was elected. And the Urban League was, was doing, starting a documentary on me. And they asked me for a bunch of pictures. But I didn't like the, I didn't like the story that people were trying to paint about me, which was not authentic. Yes. Yes, I'm from the, right, I'm from the hood. I'm from the neighborhood. You know, I'm not a drug dealer, right? I'm an entrepreneur, right? I'm not a gang leader. I, I cultivate a lot of people. So, so I have all of these, these attributes of my community, but I, because I had the, the guidance of my, of my elders, I just took all those things that was negative and I pointed it into the direction to make a difference. And, and it took a lot of sacrifices. So, so sometimes I may not get, the, I may not get the revenue. Um, I wasn't able to make the revenue from my, my, my niche population because I'm inspiring people. Now it doesn't mean that people don't want to be inspired, but that's not what they want. <laughs> sometimes you got I me. Mean? It's like going, when someone is at a club, you know, someone's at a nightclub, if you try to give them a bottle of water, you, you try to sell them a bottle of water or, or, uh, a drink, right? Alcoholic beverage. Which one are they going to take in that nightclub? They're taking that drink. It's the same premise, right? So I share that, and that's what lands me where I'm at because I want, I really want the world, and I want, I want, because of this COVID situation, right? The world is open. I want people to understand that the neighborhoods of community, sometimes impoverished um, environments, and then corporate, right? And, you know, we're going through this very parallel struggle of of what supply and demand, right? And then there's so many factors that we have, but like I shared before, all these isms get put into this, right? That that convolutes our our human experience. So in short, you know, these Marines came in my store and my store turned into an after school PAL program. <laughs> and like I said, this was my vocation. This is more of my, my calling. And it was time for me to come home. And, and my elders were passing. My, my elders were passing. So I got the call to come home. And it, but part of that call, which you, you didn't know at the time, but part of that calling was what you could do for young, young African-American fathers, young Latino fathers, young minority fathers in in your home community. Now you didn't know that was gonna be the people you could support or the real reason you ended up back home, but you, you went with it. And, and now you, we talked about, offline we talked about a dream you have of, of creating a, a space for young single fathers and part of your drive and, and why you, you stick with entrepreneurship, why you're hustling every day to spread the word to help other people is to create this. I like to use the word grind. Yeah. And, and, and you know, excuse me, sorry, Adam, it's your podcast, but that word, right, that was one of my trigger words. Uh, and I say it from a context point, right? Do you use the word hustle and I got the context in business. But again, remember I just shared about the, 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 al the alcohol drink and the water drink trying to sell it in the bar? Yep. And remember I shared about colors and, and the, the picture that easily can be, can, something can be switched around. Yep. Right, because I have graffiti in my background. So hustling cannot be a word that can be associated. You, you get this? Yep, no, I, I get it. And something that we didn't talk about that now we're going to talk about in the few minutes we have left is how important words are, right? Yes. Words matter and, and 
in, in, from a sales perspective, from a growth perspective, words matter. But for you, they matter in a different way. You tell people you have words. Words are your delivery. Talk to us a little bit about that because it's important. And thanks for calling me out on hustle versus grind. Um, it's, it's important for, other, for people to know why there's a difference and why words matter so much to you. Right. You know, so for me, words and I, being honest about this, I created an acronym right before this podcast to symbolize it. And that's why I had to just run real quick. Right. Transparency is key. That's the words are a wonderful, optimistic revelations, delivering service. Right. So like that's the gift that I have. Um, from someone who, in high school, taking my SAT, I couldn't even pronounce acronym, to to now, you know, I've created a business where I use acronyms and empowerment to to empower all and to bridge gaps for people. So again, words are wonderful, optimistic revelations, delivering service. I love it. How did how did uh, how do you use that every day, right? In it's inspirational at a, at a macro level. How do you, how do you, you do it in your art. Most of your art has words in it. You do it when you speak, but how do you live it daily? Or how can others live it daily through your, your guidance? Well, you know, it's in your name, right? So for me, it's in my name. So I don't ever forget it, right? Live your true expression, light, lifting you through entrepreneurship. And, and how I do that is I provide, workshops, I provide <clears throat> distinct workshops crafted individually for you, as well as I do them on a, on a group scale. And, and I never lose sight of the beginning, right? So, you know, it starts from the art of you and it comes from the heart of you because you're the masterpiece. I can't think of a better way to, to, to wrap up. I think that was so well said, so well put. Thanks for being raw and telling us your journey and everything you've been through and how you support people and why community is important. Coach Light, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Delighted to be here as well. Awesome. And thanks everyone for taking some time to listen to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>